tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, After Buzzers, and welcome to Homeland... Ah, episode seven. Episode called Redux. I want somebody to call in and actually break this word down for us. We were actually like having this Redux debate. And I know it has obviously something to do with what's going on with Carrie and her state, her changing status. It's R E D U X? Yeah. Her mental capacity is. I think it's that she's going back to her original state, which is that she's a schizophrenic. Yeah. Is she schizophrenic? No, she's bipolar, she's bipolar. but she's having a schizophrenic episode. Well, the medicine that she's taking... <laughs> we, we got into a There's lot no of trouble. Going we, on, we got okay? a lot she's, of trouble last season exactly. defining she's her by she's, yeah, she's, getting she's into that. So. Well, I just want to make sure I we don't... I think that's what it is. It's, like, it's messing with her condition, obviously. It's I think it's Redux condition. because you saw her slowly move backwards. She regressed, but the medical term for for doing that in a state that, re- that relates to a sickness as redux. So, 424-253-0504. Call us! Call us. Give us your Call two us. cents on what it is. I'm your host, Thaddeus Massey. Joining me today is... Amanda Velasquez. How you doing, everybody? Hey, guys. I'm Lexi Hammondsfire. Hey, guys. I'm Danny Hoyt. What are you going to say, Lexi? <laughs> okay, say real something? quick. Just going back to it. My dad did, because he's a physician. Tell he us. did clarify. We know your dad's a physician. Okay, Lexi. I just feel like... Have I- him break it down for us. We want him to actually come in on this show and sit on this I can couch. have him call in. Really? You should. Well, not tonight because he's asleep. But <laughs> he's it, on the East Coast. O'clock. He's on the East got Coast. Probably work the next morning. He's in Atlanta. Oh, uh, three hour time change. ATL. Yeah. Anyways, ha. he said that clozapine, which is one of the drugs Carrie takes, yeah. is for schizophrenia. That's what it treats. Okay, but is that one of the drugs that was prescribed to her? Yes. Because we don't know what sh- what Tasmine Tasneem has switched the medicine out with. No, but Tasneem points out when Dennis, last week when he handed her the picture, she was like, oh, that's clozapine. I know she's a Tasneem He mentions, well, he, he mentions the bipolar. Jerk. He mentioned the bipolar in the, the clips for this week, you know, from last week. They showed the scene when he was talking to Tasneem. Yeah. And say, and, and they figured out she was bipolar. Right. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. If I had to guess, I think she's a nice little cocktail of bipolar, manic depressive, uh, and obsessive compulsive. Well, I will guarantee Don't be surprised you. If we get some people saying that it was a nice little cocktail. Well, I will guarantee you that there are people who are listening <laughs> to that. this who will <laughs> actually respond on YouTube and tell us exactly what those things are for here's because why, some people have experience right. with here's that. Here's why I say um, this because I have a very good friend who has, uh, has all three. He was a, a friend of mine in college mm-hmm. and, um, and so I spent a lot of time helping him through this. And I, when he would not take his pills, uh, it would deal with similar issues, act similar ways. Didn't really? get as crazy as that. He didn't pull out wow. fake guns. But he got to the point where, like, dark, baggy eyes, little noises, drove him crazy. Um, I had to sleep, like, in different places outside of the normal room that we shared because he couldn't handle any noise that wasn't his own making. Interesting. So I say that to say those are the, it reminds some me of, the, of that. Yeah, yeah, some of the, like, symptoms or whatever. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, According to Wikipedia, redux is an adjective meaning brought back or resurgent. It may also refer to redux, a two-part episode of the X-Files, redux, an aircraft adhesive, redux, an album by Adam Ant. What if that's what they put inside of a, they put an aircraft adhesive inside or, of a Or a weight loss drug withdrawn in 1997. Oh, <laughs> that could make you go nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's been on the shelf for a long time. So there's a couple others there, but those are the big ones. So, okay. uh, there we go. So, right. Redux. We, we've given you guys all a lesson on Redux. I think it was brought <laughs> back a resurgent. Let's move, yeah, I think so too. Because of her, of her, her condition. Her condition. Yeah. So Lockhart is in town. He's flown in to try to get a handle on the situation, as he always does, and try to like drop the hammer on everything. He rolls deep. But he is five Range Rover. He's deep. a funny guy. Yeah. Well, he's in charge, but man, he just comes. Up, you know, it's like the big boss coming to mess everything up. It's I don't know how I feel about him yet. By the way, no, we never know how he, we feel about shady. him. I'm always on the fence about him. I don't think he's shady. I just think that he. I mean, because he has so much power. Really, it's like whatever he says goes kind of thing he's like, an old school politician a, he's, he's, who he's, thinks yeah, he knows everything school. he's he, old school it's like he's not open to suggestions or whatever well the, I understand that but at the same time I think the ambassador had a very good point that he doesn't know the relationships that are formed over there when he comes in and so it may be one thing for him to address something very bluntly in, when they were in that meeting right. originally but he doesn't know what relationships he might be destroying in there, like what she was pointing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that there's a two sides to this thing because for him to have to come there, the fact that he has to become there, Saul's been abducted, yeah, and mm-hmm. Carrie obviously doesn't seem to have a hold on the situation, which means the rest of the operation is not under control. He might feel like that f- breath of fresh air and coming in and saying, "Look." Obviously, if this is how you guys have been doing things, this wasn't working. Well, don't, don't so let me come in here and shake things up so I can really see what's going on and how it's going on. Well, there's a lot there. There's a lot there in the scene when we first see Lockhart, which you may not be aware of. It's mm-hmm. Lockhart comes in. He's gets, he comes in with the ambassador and he sees John Redmond and Peter Quinn together. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much goes after both of them to see what side of the whole debate they were on. I think this is a really big debate for him too, because well, don't forget also his people. Saul, well, don't forget yeah. also Saul is the person who really gave him a lot of trouble last season. And they didn't really get along. Politically speaking, they might be on, on good terms now because they both got more or less what they want, or at least mm-hmm. Lockhart did. But it's it's kind of ironic that he's coming in here to try and save Saul no matter what. I don't think it's ironic. I think it speaks to what kind of guy he is. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Why? Because if him and Saul had that much trouble, which we all saw they did last season, mm-hmm. but he turns around and he realizes the higher priority is to save someone that he probably could care less about. It speaks to his character, which makes me lean on the side of the fence that I think, even though he's a hard line and can be a jerk sometimes, he's a good guy at heart. Do you think mm-hmm. it's really he's got, him, he's or do you think it's the president? No, I think it's him. I think it's him. I think it's, a, I think it's his position. Why really. he has power trips and why he likes to flaunt it and why he I mean, likes to it, be a little bit of a it'll be a pu- It'll be a publicity nightmare for them to be able to say, look, well, it's the president's we've executed the well, former director of the CIA. But here's the that thing. That was a bad look for America, and it's a bad look for everybody if they allow something like that right. to happen. Right, I think it's a president's right. authority, but I also think it, he's personally passionate about not letting But in that happen. scene, when he's talking to Redmond and, and he's talking to Peter, and he asked them what side they were on, and Redmond said he was going along with the boss, and and Peter says, you know, well, you know, she wasn't in her capacity, you know, I was against her. He, he said, like, oh, thank God, like, in some kind of, but he said it in a sarcastic way, like, I don't know, almost like somebody, he like, didn't I say can't, thank but, God. no, he said something like, Jesus Christ, or something, I can't remember what no, it was. No, I think he said something agreeing with 
Quinn for being against her. I couldn't t- well, I couldn't tell if it was well. I I just thought it was really weird. It was like a two sided thing. It struck like, me like if as... Saul died, if Saul died, I don't know if it would have been as much of a, a like a, a scandal as you guys think it was. I think he could have gone either way. The reaction of what Peter said there and the way he reacted to what Peter said struck me as that he's glad that Peter overruled Carrie's decision for Saul not to get killed and nothing I agree. more. Okay, I I read into that like as as I don't know. I read into that as a little ambiguous. To Did me. you notice though that what he originally thought Carrie's stance was was different than what it actually was? He thought Carrie's stance was the opposite. He and then when Peter said actually it was the opposite, sir, she took a hard line right. to shoot him, right. hmm. and that's when he said, "Well, thank God that didn't happen," or whatever he said there. We don't know. Remember exactly. So he was basically agreeing with Quinn's stance on it that good we didn't right. shoot Saul. Because I, I think it might have looked worse if. It had come out in the press that Carrie, who's so high up over there in the head, I forgot what her position name is, but if she had given the order, station chief, station station chief, chief, if she had given the order to execute, execute Hakani with the former CIA director. Yeah. In his hold, I think that would have looked worse. Nightmare. I, I'm, look, they, nobody knows that Saul Barrison has been taken prisoner yet, so I don't. I don't think bombing Hakani and Saul together would have been public. So I, I, I don't know. know. We could no, complain about that. Everybody, everybody would have died. We could have bombed him right there. We so complain about gonna, that. I, I think it's a minor the story. All right, I think it's a minor point, but Fair. I still think it's really Dennis. interesting to see the way their their relationship <laughs> is. So. Yeah, Dennis the Menace Boy. Well, I like how Law Card did that delegation meeting. Told them pretty much. I like, kind of liked it too. Yeah, I flexed and was like, "Look, I'm gonna be bold here." And and then at the end, he's like, "When are you gonna tell me?" And he was just like, "He's like tweeting. He's like on Pinterest. He's like <laughs> telling you now." He's like, right. I kind of love that. But he's the boss. Like he doesn't have to like report to her. I mean, professionally, you want to keep people in the loop on things, but at the same time, it's kind of like, really, do I need to come in like tell the ambassador? Obviously, a lot of these things are going under under her watch or whatever. So. No, I'm gonna come in here and just do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and you know, basically drop the the president hammer under the president's authority, so he doesn't really feel like he has to inform anybody about anything. And you know, like he said, money does talk. They uh, they're not getting that two billion dollar infusion into their economy for their infrastructure or whatever it is mm-hmm. that he threatened him with. And then, uh, it's gonna probably be some kind of problem, but they're obviously dealing with it in. I do they think it do was some covert, They gotta do some covert things, as we're seeing, to keep, I don't know, whatever their agenda is underway. I mean, it's just, I don't know, Carrie, Carrie is... I, I do think it was interesting, though, that in that meeting, she was, she seemed to be the only one who picked up on Tasneem yep. just zoning out yeah. and being on her phone texting. Zoning out or... Well, or not keeping, zoning well, out. Well, no, zoning out of them. Like, she was, she was texting. She wasn't... Right. She was detached. She was, like, she was very detached. Right, yeah. I looked at it as more she was sneaking out information that was going on in the meeting. Well, too. I think she mm-hmm. was, but I think that Carrie well, was she, the only Carrie one who was on paying it. attention yeah. to that. Yeah. Because she's an agent. An observant. And she pays yeah. attention to everything. It's, and that's that's what's always what I, what we've always loved about Carrie is because the details that seemingly are insignificant to everybody else she pays attention to and it turns out being like a little clue. I think the ambassador is being a little hasty by, you know, tendering her resignation. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's really? a little dramatic, right? Yeah. It was a little dramatic, and I Bad think girls are dramatic. It was almost like she got. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It was almost like but she seriously. got her feelings hurt a little bit, and she's like. I'm done here. Right. Seriously, like the are. relationships that are being going to be destroyed <laughs> as a result of it took yeah. four years to build these relationships. Like, what do you guys have tea and crumpets together? Like, what is this about? <laughs> what do you guys this do? Like you guys diplomacy. go play tennis on Tuesdays? Right. What's up? Right. I don't get like, what's your 
he's here to take care of business. Lockhart is here to take care of business yeah. and work. You, you're talking about the relationships. I know you're under the guise of professionalism, but in actuality, it probably has a lot to do with. She got comfortable there and. She's cool. Everything yeah. is all gravy, and mm-hmm. you know she has her position, and she's in the good fight for women, being an ambassador, and blah blah blah. You know, there's a lot of inferences there. I think as far as her not being heard and listened to, or not being informed, she felt like she wasn't. If it, if she was just a, a just somebody else, like regular, it's like, look, okay, well, you weren't informed. This is what's going on. And now you know. And it's the higher ups. It's not like she had a subordinate come and tell her something. You know, was, mm-hmm. these are the higher ups. Yeah, yep. they're up to the CIA who came straight from stateside with uh, an agenda from the president himself. Right. Why are you so butthurt about well, this? Well, that's suspect. That's suspect too. I mean, we saw later on he didn't have he didn't have the pull that he thought he had. He was just being bought. I mean, Lockhart just coming in like a bull in a china shop and just saying, you know, I know how to handle these foreigners. It's almost you, know, you can almost see it. It's yeah, like he is kind like, of brazen like I that. I can handle yeah. these foreigners. You know what? I'm the you know money talks. Money always talks. He even says it and does. He's just like. No, it doesn't talk with them. Country. Not with them. Then they don't need the two. They billion. were insulting. <laughs> they, they were the, that whole side of the table. You could just see the disgust on their side of the table when he said that. Like you really? Yeah, but that's two sided because they're disgusted that they even need the two billion to begin with. I think they oh, were more disgusted. That's way. That's really judgmental on that. They were just disgusted because it's an honorable. It's an honor thing. They, they, no, I think they were more disgusted that Lockhart was accusing them of working with the Taliban with Akani. Yeah. And I don't think the, it was so much the money, though. See, and, like, but he was willing. He's yeah. using the money as leverage. He's using the money as leverage because of that. I mean, they were disgusted as it was, but the fact that Lockhart was willing to go so far to say, you know what, I so I'm I'm so positive that you guys are in cahoots, that you guys know about this whole thing, that we're going to pull two million dollars unless you act now. And it's reasonable. And it's reasonable to think so. It's reasonable to think that. Two things. One, that side of the table. That's not reasonable. Didn't see that card coming. How is that not That's reasonable? That's part of the reason they're disgusted because they didn't see that card coming. They didn't see him. Him playing that or any of them playing that at all. Two, that would change everything for them. And now that that's on the table, they weren't prepared to have an answer to deal with that. So they get up and walk out of the room. It was an unfair card, but it's a legit card to it play. Is. And it's going to change well, they, their world. They, so they, they, are, they have to walk out because they have no idea what to do now. Right. Mm, I right. don't know. I just think As obviously... Obviously, the ambassador felt, you know, you know? <laughs> differently about that. And, uh, you know, and, and you see the ambassadors hang, not the ambassador, you see, uh, Lockhart just hanging back like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And, it, and again, because like he said, does know what he's doing though. Pulling, threatening to pull out $2 billion of. Changes the game. They yeah. have to listen. Uh, okay. Or at least we could, consider. We, we're, listening. we're getting plus, really political plus, to that. Plus, I just plus, I plus the accusations that they, are maybe working and there was some kind of cooperation going on that's legitimate and I think it's actually true I think it's very possible I think maybe not all of them but I think that most of them are in the know that something has been up I just lost the left my left ear so did I we all all lost our left ear at the same time yes we did you had some electricity going on in your fingers because as soon as you did like that something like that yeah (laughs) something Uh, like the invisible button yeah and you know what I mean it comes to fruition later when we see that uh, gates 40 to 53 were all disappear and mm-hmm. been made to be erased from the uh, security cameras. What's the guy's name that she confronted about that she was going to meet and she said she's going to meet him in 30 minutes? I don't know his name. He's the doctor. I couldn't, fi- I couldn't find it on IMDb. Same it's not on this week's episode, with. but he was mm-hmm. the same one from episode three and I couldn't find him on IMDb for either one. But I'm sure also, someone will know and, and put on YouTube. Yeah, somebody will tell Also us. though, tell when she confronted is. him in that alley after yeah. the meeting, yeah. did you notice that Tasneem was kind of lingering? Yes. 
On the she was on herself. Yeah, she yeah. She was on but a probably a like, fake call. A yeah. What? <laughs> What's he saying over there? I can't hear him quite all the way. That's my. That's, <laughs> what? Is he, what? What? Is that what how is girls talk? Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, god. they're dramatic and what? they talk like that. What is going on? <laughs> that sounds like Jimmy Fallon's ew. Anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously that was the scene where we really started seeing her lose her stuff. Like she started like mm-hmm. falling apart. And he calls her well, out. Yeah. yeah. No, she, she, like, no like, that's when okay? her medicine is starting to That's when off. her medicine her was medicine. wearing off. Yes. Right. Well, we started to see the unraveling. That well, we saw. that was the beginning of everything else. Unraveling in a sense that she needed her meds. Right. This is that that was the trigger. She noticed she needed her meds, so mm-hmm. that's that's what really. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's the catalyst of what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's so, that time. Yeah. It's the beginning of it. So okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the beginning is when she takes the pills. You're saying the beginning is before she takes the pills, but I get it. No, it, 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 it leads point, that road. This is a moot point. The point he's it making is. is that that's the beginning of when we see. I am on them. a different wavelength than all you yeah, guys. You are, you, apparently, I'm disagreeing yes, with everything you guys is. are saying. <laughs> to just the, we start to see the symptoms of what she's about to go through. What they right. want us to see, they start in that scene. Yes, she and then we see fast. more when they go to the airport to see the, the surveillance tapes. We are missing over a key thing is when Carrie called Quinn and he was in her apartment and Dennis was in there. Yeah, Dennis the Menace. Right. Switching out the Dennis medicine. Boyd. There's actually, we have uh, a listener named Dennis Boyd and he has like the Boondocks icon. The what icon? The what? Boondocks. From, from Boondocks Saints? No, from Adult Swim. Boondocks, oh. Aaron Magruder show. Yeah. That's the icon on his. Uh, that's his avatar on YouTube. And his name's Dennis Boyd. Very Dennis Boyd. Where's maybe he maybe he's. I don't also know where he lives, but he's like he has yeah. one. He's Dennis, like Dennis. Call Dennis in. Like, he always makes good points too. We want to talk to you. Yeah, he always makes good points, and it's just uh, ironic that his name is Dennis Boyd. Whether it's tonight or next week, Dennis, call us. Or if you're in LA, come in. Four two four two five three zero five zero four. That goes for anybody. Exactly. Call in. Well, so, so, you, so she goes as far. I mean, obviously, there's thirty magical minutes missing. Off of this surveillance tape, yeah, um, mm-hmm. we see a little bit of Saul walking around the airport, but other than that, you don't see footage of Farad. You don't exactly. You don't see anything of Farad. You don't see anything of the gate where Saul was supposed to leave from, and it just seems a little bit shady. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It How does. convenient is this? Very shady. Right. And then, of course, it's going to just add to whatever's going on. With well, her. and then the worker, the computer corroborates the story. like sometimes the software fails. And the dude it in the back the is just trying to go eat his ham sandwich and apple, <laughs> apple juice, whatever he has. And right. she like stop. I thought that was funny, actually, a lot, like a lot funny. Because <laughs> lot imagine funny. this actually <laughs> happening in real life. Someone yells at you, stop! You're like, this is my lunch, you crazy lady. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's the first time that I think that we start to see her sentence her senses are heightened. Yeah. Well, yep. And she the gets was, dude, yeah, the dude with the tea And again, it's whatever. all I mean, look, we got to we got to we got to give kudos to Claire Danes <laughs> on the acting because she, you know, just to be able to play those parts even in levels like from that first scene with uh, she you know, she should win an Emmy for that. She she well, this would be the probably the kind of episode she probably would uh, yeah. send in for Emmy nomination but yeah just her going back into that realm and I mean just yeah, ahead of time kudos to everybody even like the direction the you know, editing uh, was the amazing. editing the camera shaking and that, all this, I've never all seen that. Homeland do that when they did that shaking thing and she they slowed it, back, down they slowed it down slowed it down that's where she's at that that's was just really really at. awesome it was Actually, very very I want to do some research to see who, uh, if they brought somebody else in to do to direct this episode just as like the flavor was so different for yeah. it mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's possible because I didn't pay attention to that and I want to know she was reducing 
it up. She was reduxing. Reduxing, reduxing, reduxing. I think it was more than a redux because it was definitely more intense than anything we've seen before. But she, but you know what? It, in those first scenes, it really felt familiar, like from past seasons. This was the carry that no one was believing. Everyone yeah. thought was crazy because she believed certain things and she was getting proven wrong or, or people were doubting her. I want to ask so. you guys a question. Here's what I don't get. When they show her riding in the car with Quinn, and they, they cut to, and the camera's on her side, and she's like this, and Quinn's driving, and he asks if she's asleep. Quinn knows Carrie better than anybody in that station, correct? Mm-hmm. You guys have agreement in that? Of course. Scene? Quinn knows her, and Quinn calls her out on her BS. That's why I like their relationship, because he doesn't let her slide with stuff where she can usually talk her way in and around. Mm-hmm. All that to say, how is Quinn not caught onto the fact that she is just slipping majorly? I mean, there she calls this guy out to open his briefcase, which is... Totally off. The, just I think off he the noticed wall. it. After yeah. That. But why didn't Why didn't they show us a scene where he calls her? I was like, Carrie, what in the world is wrong with you? Like, we need to get you more medicine, like your pills. Like, he's aware. Yeah. I don't why think he knows about that? the pill. Well, I'm, I don't know I'm how sure much he knows, he knows about, about the pills. Well, maybe not necessarily yeah. about the pills, but he. But he's going to be the first out of everybody to notice that she is way off her rocker. I think they just think that she's really overwhelmed because when they told her to take those ten minutes. When she yeah. was in the, um, <laughs> take in the, a minute, yeah, take ten, take, take, take whatever take you need. Take the time you off, right? I think I think they might all just think that she's overly reacting and very uh, sensitive. She is a girl, you know. <laughs> she's so emotional. Just and just to just to answer your question before, uh, the name of the director for this episode is Carl Franklin. And how many? Is and he this is his Carl second. Franklin. This is his second episode of Homeland. He's directed the first one was uh, House of Cards. Your audition on 2013. Yeah, he's done newsroom. He's done a lot of House of Cards from. Uh, the guys. Yeah, he's dope. Yeah. He's done quite a bit, and cool. he's an actor too. He's done. He's got a pretty big uh, resume. Carl Franklin. Cool. I like. It. See, he I like Doctor Willoughby in the Alf in Alf. Mm-hmm. That's, in the that's, Christmas special. That's plenty. Yeah, there you go. And he was on the A-Team. Captain well, Crane. There we go. That's a lot. There we go. couple right. episodes. Back, so, yeah. back cool. in the 80s. Yeah. So, let's, uh, not not to jump, but on the flip let's side, go. we've got, uh, we've got Saw hanging out with Akani. Akani enjoying being out. Mm-hmm. In the, this was so interesting. In the it sunlight. was interesting. They're driving in the mountains on the way back home uh, for his homecoming. And just the reflection, he just, I guess he feels like he has... A shield, so well, to speak. Well, he does. Well, he, I guess he realized that, okay, I know they're watching now, so if they don't blow us away now, then that means he is valuable. Mm-hmm. So Saul keeps saying, you're not going to get anything from me. Ha, ha, ha. Not that valuable. Well, cause it's he's... like, dude, Saul, it's almost an insult to Hakani to keep saying this over and over again. Like, dude, shut up. He knows, obviously, that... You guys well, I mean, both... the, the proof is that Connie's not dead. That's what he's trying yeah, to say. Exactly. Right. The proof is he can he can feel the air. I mean, yeah, it was exactly. a really cool first scene. Like every little kid knows that experience being in a car and having little your kid. hand out I there. I did that today. Yeah, I did that <laughs> when I drive down the road. Like like this to Santa Monica. Is that why the Santa Monica Boulevard was was backed up? Because there's some guy I saw. There. No, I'm just kidding. Slowing down, doing that. Ando, I like to wave my hand in the air. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like you just don't Occasionally care. I, stop like I just don't care. You guys are on the cornball boat tonight. That's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes, um. he talks about how three. He has his what his all his kids and his wife. He hasn't seen in three anybody years. count how many kids he has. He had a it ton of kids. A lot. Good God, there's a lot of kids. Had, and they were close together. That's normal for the culture. Kids, that's normal for the culture. Well, it's not. Yeah. Well, what the hell? Is it normal? Kids in ten years from one woman? Well, no, because you. 
No, well, we don't know if that's his only wife. Though. No, he did say he has a wife. He has one. He has a, yeah. he has a wife. Wife? He said he has a wife that he hasn't seen in three years. Yeah. I mean, it's not completely. Yeah. It's not he didn't say I haven't seen my wives like, in three years. He said I haven't seen my wife. It's in not three like years. he's divorced or whatever. I'm sure it's one. He had more kids than than uh, there were more kids in that family than in the too too many cooks video. No one saw that. Okay, never mind. That went over people. See, it's what time. Google <laughs> Google too many cooks. Google it. People out there know what it is. Okay, go ahead. It's an awesome video. <laughs> I believe you. I really want to believe right. you. It's very, okay. it's very topical. Okay, so Hakani. Hakani. Show. <laughs> Never mind. Hakani. Hakani. Okay. <laughs> We're off the rails. Hakani's driving, driving through the city. I'm going to need another one of these. Hakani's driving through the city, and you feel like the New York Yankees won the won the World Series. Boom. As, as, as flowers, and they're, you know, and they're chanting... The, the arrow of God in yeah. Pashto or whatever the language is. So speak. many flower petals. Yeah, so many. And they were just right? like I was. Wa- I was watching personally like the people clip. up on the balcony. Yeah, they were just. It was like Mardi Gras. They were yeah. making it rain without the breast. Well, we don't know that. We no, do we know do know that. We do know it's that. Pakistan. We right. know that. We know there's no. No, breasts. but it, no it's breasts. the same thing. Concept. How do you know there's no breasts in Pakistan? Well, we don't. not showing breasts. Exactly. They're not showing it, but you don't know that they weren't there. Got it. Okay. Okay, so they end up back at this compound. <laughs> Keep drinking up. <laughs> Drink it up. They end up back at this compound, right, where Akani gets to see all his kids, gets to see his wife. And every time you drink your tea. What seems to be the what it seems to be the, the, to be the oldest kid, I guess he's like a teenager or something like that. Throws his sandal. Yeah. That was so interesting. It's I thought it was a brick at first. It's reminiscent too. too. It's reminiscent. Remember that story in the news? It was a long time ago. I think it was with Bush. It was. Yeah, yeah, when somebody threw a shoe at Bush. That's like a real big insult in the Bush culture, apparently. Yeah, Yeah, but it was interesting that Hakani made him apologize to Saul. You know what's interesting to me is you notice a pattern with Hakani. So when when Ayan was shot and they showed this scene from the drone. No, he shot Ayan. Yeah, but I'm saying when he was shot, that scene is what I'm referring to. When they pull Saul out of the car, he's like this. They took his glasses off, and he looked like he was struggling like this. Fast forward to now, he's sitting in the backseat next to Akani. Like they're friends. Yeah, he gets to see live with his porn glasses and on. Not just that, <laughs> with his glasses on. But like, the, what I'm saying is that that's when I first noticed that it changed. And then when he had him apologize, we noticed this real side that made it kind of really real. And I think that's what changed Saul's basically angle that he took at him. He felt like he could start to confront him about what he believes, confront him about the religion, about why the U.S. was even right. in that area in mm-hmm. the first place, and calling him out comfortable enough now to call him out in front of all of his family at dinner with oh, guns well, they, they, don't, they don't speak English either in the, but still that you can tell the tension you can still tell the tension of the moment I think what it is actually I think Hakani really well first of all Hakani respects Saul he knows that Saul is valuable because he's keeping him alive and he's giving them this luxury that he yeah. gets to travel around and but he also respects his intelligence time. and I right. think he, he, he yeah and he sees his kids but he noticed that when they're sitting at the table Saul is sitting at the right side at his right hand side like right next to him he's not like a prisoner of war sitting in a cell That's or even another table. So they have this it's it's like dinner talk but it's it's very casual. Him? No, he's not going to flip him, but it's I very I think he's going to try. Well, I, I was going to say that maybe this is Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nanda. <laughs> just ahead. you just no, you, you saying that made me think that. 
Well, yeah, and then I, I was going to say that maybe that was what happened with Brody, that they treated him this way, and then Bro- maybe Brody was uh, weaker shoot. than Saul. No, I don't mm. see I don't see that. I don't think I don't think Brody was treated the same way, but I think what it is, it's just there's somebody of his mutual intelligence, and just the conversation they were having at that dinner table was really, really fascinating. At, at that one point, you know, when, when Saul kind of went a little bit over the, over the line with Akani, but, you know, he pretty much told her, I mean, there were some awesome lines there about... Um, you know, you shot your nephew, and you you pretty much sent his family to die in an airstrike. Right. And then uh, Hakani, we have to rewind that line. Hakani says about you know if Christians were judged, he oh, says no, no, if no, Christianity no, no. is to be judged by the misery it has cost mankind, who would ever be a Christian? Mm. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. I I'm not. That. I was quoting. Saul. I, I love that. But I just thought that whole thing was just was like, amazing. Saying that. Just That's having good. having Saul at the right hand table, having Saul in the room when he's having sex with his wife. I, I, yeah, I mean, what was that about? What do you think the weird. point of that is? I think it. I, I think it Some was just to keep fetish. the human. I think it was two things. I think it was to keep the human shield aspect to keep him nearby. But I think also, and we well, we might see this. You know, Saul. Might want to kill himself or so. I was thinking that he wants to keep Saul close and know what Saul's doing men. at all times. He's got enough men to keep him in another room there's close an, by. Yeah. There's an element but, uh, of it. It's that, just really strange that we have him in the room. He hasn't seen his wife for three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He keeps Saul tied to a pipe in his room right there where he can, he can like enjoy the whole thing. I, an, it was I just like, that. It was Maybe like to remind him that he is still his prisoner. Yep. And this is why I completely agree. I think there's an element of crazy that it takes for someone to do that and usually villains have just enough of an element that they'll do things that you wouldn't suspect that you wouldn't think and they do it and it just is weird enough that it makes you a little uh, timid around you know it makes you scared of them afraid of them it's a it's a mighty fear well one thing I like about the writing is that they always have a great way of posing the opposition's viewpoints in the writing like he did at the dinner table Mm. so it's like how they may be viewed from an American standpoint. They view Americans from their standpoint the same kind of way, which is gives you like makes you look look at things from a different perspective, so to speak. Just because you're like, well, what has gone on and happened in the past, and they're living, you know, while we're living it up, have living a, you know a good Westernized life. Their, a lot of their life is in their culture surrounded by the impositions that we have imposed, impositions that have been imposed, or the things that have been imposed on their fun. culture. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, no. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's different for us because we're living it up over here. I think what I like so much about this scene, watching it from an American point of view, is that we don't usually see the other side. Right. And now, even though this is completely fictional, we're seeing, you know, the leader of a terrorist organization and him interacting with his kids. And that's something that you never see in the media right. or you never see in general because, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's just no access to that. And this like may be fake, but World I thought Trade it was so interesting. All that, it was like, no, we didn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was Al-Qaeda. Right. There, and I thought it was really interesting how he said there were 15 Saudis uh, and I don't see you invading Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of a. Oof. It was. Yeah, it was. It's like a gut check. Like, yeah, you guys aren't doing because you know there's interest over there. So of course we're not going to go and. Yeah, our oils are oils. right. So it's it's like well, what's convenient for us is what we do. 
Well, if you have interests over here, even though the, if the ethical thing to do would be to still go over there, then we're not going to do that if it's kind of, you know, like uh, jeopardizing our economic interests. So it's kind of like, uh, well, I've well, seen- we've got interests over here that affect us economically. So, uh, this is nearby. Let's just go over there. <laughs> Kind of thing. I, I don't know the politics of it that much. I just, I just. It is. It's kind of. It's kind of. I know, but without getting into the, the overlay, operates. without getting into the overly politics of, of the story, I think it was just point counterpoint. Really, it was just like I don't see you harassing other people. I see, you know, it, it was just. I, I don't know. I just took it in a different level than politically. We can go into the politics of it. I, I'm definitely not going to speak on it because I'm very underversed in that. So, but I definitely loved the banter between the two of them. And again, I think, I think plot wise, it was just a really, really cool scene to see the two of them having this very intellectual political conversation, very civilized. I mean, you don't even see that kind of civilized talk on Fox News, you know, or, or CNN <laughs> or Fox. anything. Yeah, but I'm saying you don't even see that kind of civil, really, Bill any Maher, news any, outlet. any news outlet. Fox and news he, these are two people on completely opposite ends. Number four most wanted on the terrorists and the sports. former head of CIA. Talking against each other and just having this very civilized conversation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I took it as. It was kind of funny how they ended the conversation with "I'm a Jew" because that could have kept yeah, that's going. A great punchline. Yeah, it was a great punchline. Yeah. Punch cut, cut <laughs> I was joking, but okay. No, it was funny. It was funny how how you know it's perfect in perfect soft fashion. Yeah. Okay, so um, where where do we go from here? Where are we at? Uh, Carrie is Carrie starts her like her true psychotic break. Yes, and where was she when she was going through the streets and then she was throwing up? And why did she, she go? Just she was it? chasing. Yeah. She was trying to find the nurse. Oh yeah, it was time she to go find the well, nurse. His friend. His, oh, his that's friend. Right. His she went to the hospital. Well, Kira, she found Kieran, and then and exactly, and then Quinn. It came out of nowhere. I, I, that so was not Quinn. I no, it wasn't. No, Quinn. it wasn't. It definitely Quinn. wasn't Quinn because there's no way Quinn would. Get his ass beat with us, and a we see later that, that she's right. imagining. Right, she's hallucinating or whatever. Exactly. So you're like, oh gosh, and you know she's lost him when she's walking through the street without her head wrap. She's just, yeah. it's just all oh, she's just unraveling completely. She has these dark circles under her eyes. Her hair's everywhere. She bumps into Fat Joe, right? And I just love that scene when she thought she was being followed, which she was, but and she. You know, it looked like she actually had a gun in her back pocket. Right. And she whipped it out and started, thought she shot those two the people. Editing we did that too. whole scene was brilliant. Yeah, it was great brilliant. editing. It was great. It was a great scene. How, Even down to the fly and the drips of water when she was in the prison cell. Like, it was yeah. just, I felt it. Yeah. Well, and you the can bee actually see the, like the heightened dying. senses, the heightened senses with her hearing every little thing and noticing every little thing. Mm-hmm. The paranoia was next level. Yeah, it was definitely some LSD, PCP type. I don't know anything about that. I just heard. I've seen a lot of movies. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So they take her to this plush home. Yeah. They strip her of the straitjacket. So do you think she really went to a plush home then? I didn't even think about this. Is that a hallucination? Did she go to like another rundown facility? No, no, no. It was a plush home. It was a plush home. home. Yeah, it was a plush home. Because in the previews. The final shot. She's the guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So that was his probably his house. Yeah. So the guy who we don't know. Yeah. This military hire, yeah. We don't know his name yet. General still, person. well, we—if if it's not apparent, it's not. Um, yeah, we couldn't spot it, but yeah. But let's talk about this for a second. Why I didn't, I haven't thought through this. Why do you think she's being taken there to this guy's house? I think that he is Go on the good side. Yeah. Of the ISI, I kind of think so too. Because I think that other because in the pre, in the previews for next week, this is jumping ahead. But well, this might be a little spoiler for anyone. Go but ahead, 
you see she somehow got back to the um, embassy. Okay. Which, how would she get back if she was in... Yep, she was in ...in the hands custody. of someone who was against the U.S.? She would have had to be extracted from that prison cell by someone who was on our side to get back. So maybe this... He is he ISI? He's ISI. Right? Yes, I think he he's is. the leader. He's, he's the director of ISI. Okay, is kind of what I okay. think. Okay, so this ISI leader with the British accent is maybe a good guy, like we think, and maybe he's gonna collaborate with her. Maybe he has some suspicions about some some other operations going on that he knows nothing about. He wants to get information from her about what she knows, so and that I- way he can can collaborate with her and do some investigating since he's already on that side. You know, the flip side, and he can feed yeah. her correct information that she can take to Lockhart and to uh, to the, just the rest of the people on that side, on the United States side, right. to maybe foster some actual negotiation. And I think just thinking about it a little bit more now, I think that the reason Tasneem was lingering when she confronted the general the first time is maybe because they're on opposite sides of the ISI. And so, you know, because if she was on the same side as him, she could have just gotten figured out what the conversation was about later. Mm-hmm. But if they're on different sides and he knows that, then he's not going to tell her what happened. So she was trying to linger and eavesdrop. Right. Guys, before we go, I just feel like we're burying the lead here. We've been burying it for the last 40 minutes. Go. We see Brody. That's huge. Ooh, I mean, it's it's fake, but it fooled a lot of people for yeah. at least a split we second. Well, we that all was freaked huge. out. Yeah. That was, I mean, I feel like, yeah, we're just kind of, I, I, sorry, I just feel like we're skipping. This is going to be the story people are going to talk about. Like, oh, Damian Lewis returns to Homeland for two seconds and fools people. Um, I think it was beautiful and brilliant. I think we saw... Uh, I yelled an inappropriate word and got goosebumps I for believe full you did. 90 seconds. I, I, I mean, lost my mind. We saw, we saw, we saw the possibility because when we thought we saw that uh, Peter in the hospital and we were kind of like, I don't think that's Peter. It showed the possibility of her imagining other people. Right. Um, yeah, so I think it was huge. And also just the conversation she's having with Brody because this is a woman who, don't forget, she just saw you know Ayan get killed yeah. and she pretty much sent him to die yeah. and she felt she sent Brody to die. But I- I kind of disagree that that's the lead. I think the I think the the focus of this whole episode was her breakdown, was her and I think that that was part of her breakdown and part of the proof that she was completely losing her mind on these drugs. I think that you know tomorrow they're going to be like, yeah, Damian Lewis guest starred and made an appearance, but I don't think that that's the entire lead of this episode. Agreed. And I, if you've looked and followed online, there has been people wondering, like when they were first talking about before the season aired. What's going to be the storyline? What are they going to do to keep readers or watchers, viewers interested? Uh, are they going to bring back Damian Lewis? Did he really die? That shuts down that conversation forever. Well, no, mm-hmm. he's de- he's definitely dead. We we all we know kind that. of knew that, but even though it surprised quest- the hell out of but us. But there, what I'm saying is, people question this before the season starts. Here's Lewis what I'm trying. Here's what I'm here's what I'm trying to say. And at least with the whole Damian Lewis thing, it, it's just with Brody. <laughs> with the whole with the whole Brody thing is that you know we've seen this per- we, we've seen the comparisons between Ayan and Brody and here she is at her lowest moment right now and she imagines Brody and she has this conversation it's almost like a way for her, for her to have closure with Brody in a way I mean her big line was I was willing to let you die and she actually was about to do that with Saul if mm-hmm. she actually went through with her orders last week that's how that's how bad she's been getting it's like it's almost like no life is 
no life's important to her. She's going to have. She's I mean, a machine. A she's, she's a, a CIA dreams. operating machine. Absolutely. She's still a human. She's going to have so, those kind of dreams and nightmares. I think, so for the rest that of scene life. was right. critical. I really think that scene was an incredibly critical scene overall. And plus the fact that I think it was a nice little shocker to the audience that we see Damian Lewis back. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a really critical scene overall. And then of course the punchline is she's she's actually in the arm. She's in the fetal position. It was weird when when uh, Brody was kind of touching her butt, and I even said she's there's either nobody there or it's somebody really you know freaky or something but it ended up being that the isi guy i wonder if she's gonna say so. anything interesting because she just started rambling and saying things to brody and mm-hmm. uh, he it was like she was saying things and he was like listening to her when it turned out to be the isi guy right that's why I so i'm like is he gonna start saying some things that she's not supposed to say because I, she thinks it's Brody, and he's going to, like... I wondered about that, too. Well, but pick I... Pick up on some confidential information. I think if he's actually on the good side, though, then he's going to get her medication back on track. Because that was Tasneem who switched the medicine, so... But I don't think he knows that Tasneem switched the medicine. Maybe he does. We don't know until next week. Yeah. Maybe he does know. Maybe he suspects some things, but trusting the enemy as opposed to trusting the enemy on your side is... You know, it's like you're fighting two two different battles. Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a difficult one for a guy in his position, especially if he's on the up and up. Right. And they might have information on how they're using Boyd as well. So, I don't know. I guess that kind of takes us almost to predictions. We kind of covered everything for this episode, right? Yeah. Except for the fact about the ambassador wanting to quit and Boyd. That's a little bit. Yeah, that's enough. Okay, so what do you guys think is going to happen like for next week? Wait. Um, I'm not sure if I have a, a solid prediction. I think I would just be grasping for something that I kind of want to happen. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think that he, I do think that guy is good. I want to. I can't remember his name. It's going to drive me crazy, but I do think that he is good. I think that they're going to feed each other mm-hmm. uh, on a sub level information that's going to help get to a place where we can get a Saul out. We can maybe resolve this. We can get Akani taken care of. Um, so I, I, I think that he's going to be instrumental in in that. I think there's going to be. That's why she gets back to the embassy. Okay. I agree. I think he's. I think he's one of, on the good side of the ISI, and I think yeah. that is what helps her get her back. And I also think that he has some reason, or I think he helps figure out that it was her medicine that got screwed up because she was in her right mind in the previews for next week. Right. So somehow she got the medication back on track, and I think that he probably had a large part in helping out with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm not. To be honest, I don't think I have a prediction this week. I'm cool. No. Yeah, I, I'm not. I can't think of anything right now. So I'm okay. gonna be. I'm gonna be prediction light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Predictionless. Mm-hmm. Predictionless. You know what? I might have to join you on that on that train too because it, it just it's like right at the point where we're about to pivot into them breaking where it's really about to go. <clears throat> yep. So I think kind of some of the ideas that we had. There were good ideas or good theories, but eh, we weren't quite hitting the nail on the head yet. So I'm going to reserve my predictions as well. But I do predict we'll be back here next week. So hopefully we'll see you guys uh, tuning in <laughs> and maybe calling. Anyway, where can we find you guys till next time? Lexi. 
You can find me on all social media at Lexi Hammisfar. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Hoyt. And I just want to uh, call attention to this real quick. If you saw this on social media, uh, my friend Hank and, and them at AdoptTogether.org, uh, you put a smiley face on your hand, post a picture of it to help uh, end the world with uh, with orphans, help there be no more orphans. I think it's a really cool thing. And today is the first ever World Adoption Day. I think it's a huge deal. Big shout out to Hank Fortner, a good friend of mine who, uh, nice. who spearheaded this. Nice. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nandovel and N-D-O-V-E-L. And you can find me on all social media at Club Thaddeus. Until next time after buzzer, buzzers. 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 <laughs> Peace. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. Buzz. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.